Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. So welcoming to Bluebells Forever podcast, I have Kate Matthews, who is in Paris, and I'll let you do all the lead up to this, but we are miracle of Zoom, getting to connect. And I told you a little bit before we record how much I love interviewing people from the current Lido or Lido previous, right before the pandemic, just because your generation is giving all of our generations hope <laughs> that this lifestyle that we are grieving that a lot of these things have gone away, like Vegas no longer has the showgirl, the floor shows. Paris is kind of the last holdout. I know there's some things in Germany, which I've learned from a lot of the current cast, but we are rooting for you for when things are coming back. And it's just, it's exciting to do the interview this close to things being open again, because most of the interviews have been like, maybe soon, maybe soon, or I hope it comes back. And what do we do in the meantime to now get to do interviews of people that are on this side of it, of getting to experience cabaret becoming alive again. So first, welcome. And thanks for doing this. Thank you for having me. So you're, can you tell me where you're from and where you, where you grew up? Yeah, so I'm from Warsaw, which is a little town outside of Birmingham in the UK. Um, yeah, and I started dancing there when I was three years old, a little baby. Mm. And I just loved it. just went to my local dance school for years. And then pretty young, I knew that I wanted to be a dancer. Really? Because yeah. I know like when you're three, sometimes mothers and fathers are like, well, put them in dance because that's something for grace or social or other. I don't know. There's all there's people I've talked to, especially my generation, people that had polio or different things with their hips. And the doctor said, you can do this or you can put them in dance. And so there's oh, how dance is so good. Do you know why your parents put you in there? Was it just kind of that's what you do with little girls at three years old? Yeah, I think it's just something to do, meet other little girls, you know, yeah, learn to move, I don't know. <laughs> do you even remember, I know at three it's hard to remember, but do you remember when you were that little of getting to experience this? I can like, I can see myself in the outfit, but I can't really see, can't picture the class very well. Yeah, or like that. yeah. three is, three is young, but I was just thinking there's something of ballet when you have that young imagination too of just the beauty the music it feels magical was it a pretty strict studio was it just ballet or was it all the other offerings like jazz and tap and all yeah, that I had a bit of everything so like the yeah tap jazz lyrical a bit of everything yeah and then they also had a class called festival class and that's when you were selected to do like that class and to do competitions you had to be kind of invited into that class oh really so it was like an always an honor to be chosen to do that so yeah do that when I was seven or eight so. oh wow was ballet because I've heard it's interesting talking to like RAD dancers or people like how strongly ballet is encouraged and then you look at like the Lido dancers and the Mulan like how you can tell there's a really strong ballet foundation and I don't know if that's because in America, this is an interesting conversation. A lot of people like people take ballet and they want to take jazz and hip hop, but you have to take ballet to take it. And so it's almost like it's punishment. <laughs> like you take that ballet, then you get to take your lyrical and contemporary. And then as soon as people can have the choice, a lot of people drop out of ballet, which is so sad because if you stay with it longer, that's when you really start to get good. But I'm just curious of the attitude in the studio or where you work too, as far as like ballet and structure. I think like, the teacher and the owner of the school, like her love was ballet. So you could you could feel that from her and she was amazing at teaching it. So that's probably why I personally loved ballet. Like it was my favorite. Um, but there wasn't so much of a emphasis on you have to do ballet. Yeah. It was talked about as in like, it will help your other you know, disciplines as well. <laughs> when you tried the other disciplines, were there some that, that you liked more or that felt more natural to you? um ballet was definitely the most natural and I like like the lyrical like the softer slightly contemporary I've always been quite like a floaty person <laughs> <laughs> child um 
So I struggled more with like the tap and like jazz moving in a quick, powerful kind of way that kind of took longer to get the energy and the power to do that. Yeah. When they like those shows, you have to do everything, you know, like you have the strong movements and have the strong ballet. So what did you, when you said you wanted to be a dancer, did you know what that even looked like? Like, what is, what is it to be a professional? What's out there? Did you know the options? Like ballet company, some people like have their sets on their eyes on Broadway, but when, to say you're going to be a dancer, did you have any idea what that even could be? Not really at the time. I might, when I first decided I wanted to be a dancer, I wanted to be a classical, I wanted to be a ballerina, obviously. <laughs> um, I think I was like 10 or 11. I even remember going to school and telling my friends, they were talking about like, what you're going to be when you're older, like staying for like sixth form. And I was like, no, 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 I'm going to be at dance school. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a dancer. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. Well, I remember telling, we had guidance counselors in high school, like they're trying to help you figure out what's next and say, I want to be a dancer. And they're like, no, pick a real job. And they get so frustrated because like, well, we don't know what path to tell you if you're going to be a dancer. Cause like, if you're going to be a mechanic, you go to trade school, if you want to be a doctor. So then you get these dancers, like I want to be a dancer. And in the academic world, nobody knows how help you <laughs> like what's out there so you kind of have to find your way to figure yeah. out what what's out there what is what is this career even like did you did you have people around that had that or just like that's nice you're gonna be a dancer and just like that's a phase that will go away that's why I think a lot of dancers were told that's not really a career it's a phase find something that you can fall back on that's sustainable um I, I was pretty lucky even my school it had a really big focus on academic classes um it was a like a high school where you have to take an exam to even get into the school so it was like very oh academic and strict but they kind of saw how passionate I was about dance and they knew that after school I'd go to dancing every day so they were very supportive of my choice to do that I think they knew they knew oh that. that's so good oh that's so good yeah. So you got arts in school, you got arts in school and then arts after school. So you got to really live into that, that dancer life. Yeah. Well, it was definitely more academic at school and the dancing after school, but they, they understood, which was nice. And my parents did too. Cause you hear of parents that are like, yeah, no, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Supportive, so. so what, when you graduated, did, did you have any idea where you were going to go or was it by getting out into the world, finding out what there was, or how did you find your way to the Moulin Rouge? Like I, I gave away your first job right there, but like, I know there might've been some things in between. So what happened after school to get you to these professional stages to even know where to go, how to find it? Yeah. So I went, I left school at 16 to go to Northern Valley school in Manchester. And I wow. did three years training there. So when I first got there, I thought I was like, sure, I was going to do, because they have two courses. They have a classical course and a jazz course. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do the classical course. <laughs> but after the first year, you make the decision. And by the end of my first year, I was like, mm, actually, I think I want to do the jazz course. <laughs> I had this feeling that I was never going to be good enough to be like a classical dancer. And I really enjoyed the jazz as well so I was like I'm going to go down that route so then I did two years on the jazz focus and it was um I had a teacher there you might know him Eric Carpenter I hope you know him he's worked at the Lido him and his wife worked at the Lido and his daughters have also worked there and at the Moulin Rouge um and he was the one that was like you know you have like the physique for a cabaret dancer you should you should go to Paris and work for either the Moulin or the Lido sent me in that direction and I was like oh, okay I'm very glad he did wow so what was your audition experience did what was there a big general audition you found out about or did you just set off to Paris and try to find them like private auditions um, I'm always so fascinated I, because everybody is so different of how they get there or how they accidentally end up in an audition or they really seek it out because it's yeah it's an interesting yeah. path I um first I emailed the leader and I went, 
I think my mom and dad were on holiday at the time and I called them and was like, I've got an audition in like two days. <laughs> we need to go to Paris. Oh, wow. And they're like, oh, okay, right. Yeah, we'll organize it. We'll book it. We'll be back. <laughs> Bless that's them. beautiful. Wow, that's amazing. That's really great to have that support like that. Yeah. So then like two days later, we were off to Paris and I did a leader audition. I don't even really remember it very much. Um. And it was Pierre Rombert at the time. And he mm. liked me and he was like, yeah, we want to offer you a job, but we don't have anything at the moment, um, but we'll be in touch. And then literally like a week later, I was back in England and um, there was an advertisement for the Moulin Rouge and they were doing a big general audition in London. And I was like, my mom was like, you should go. I was like, I don't want to go. No, I don't think it's for me. Like, <laughs> and I've got the leader. Like, I think something's gonna happen with the leader. And she was like, Kate, for goodness sake, you just need to go. I was like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, she was right. So I did the general audition in London and got down to the last six. And then she called me like the next day and was like, We've got a job for you starting in like a month. Okay. Oh my gosh. Because are those still like huge auditions? Is it Pineapple Studios? Like they've heard a few people, like they, the turnout's really good for those, right? There's still people lots of yeah, were wanting like, those jobs. Yeah, so this was in 2007. Yeah, they were in the hundreds, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because that also shows dancers still want those jobs, which is great. Definitely. So how how hard was that audition? Because I know for the Mulan, like that can can is killer. Like they've got to see a lot of skills. Do you remember much of, of, do they do a section and then eliminate people and then another style and then eliminate people? Like what was that audition process like? Yeah, so there were like lots and lots of stages. And I think after each one, they kind of touched your shoulder if you were going to stay to start with, I think. Because there's just so many, that was just the easiest way. Yeah. Um, so we did some, I think we did parry dance from the show, something else. And then once it got, quieter there were less of us we did all the cartwheels and the splits and I wasn't even I can't cartwheel still can't cartwheel so <laughs> what happened there <laughs> and um, they did the we had to do the splits and I wasn't flat in my split either and I just like forced myself down like this is happening <laughs> <laughs> adrenaline uh, yeah, I did it so it's fine <laughs> wow <laughs> did tear any muscles no. Wow. So how many did they take from that audition? Do you even know? Like when that goes on for that long, they're really specific of who they're going to hire. Yeah. So it was six girls were kept at the end. Um, I think there were a couple they still weren't sure about. I think I was the only one that was offered a job there and then. Hey. I, was, I know. <laughs> Went on like <laughs> the books for like future. Other things came available later. Yeah that's amazing because I've talked to people like I think I'm not trying to make it about me but when I did my audition there was about 300 I didn't until recently understand what a privilege it was to be hired like because you get caught up in it and I'm moving and I'm topless and I have to figure this part out and then you're in it and then there's 150 people in the cast but then you find out they didn't just audition one city they auditioned other places and they will wait till they get exactly who they want so there's a lot of us years later that are going oh my gosh, I can't believe what a privilege it was. Because when you start with a few hundred and you're down to six and you're the one that's offered, I don't know if you have time to revel in that to go, because then you're doing the show, like just that, just that part is amazing. You know, like that you made it through that grueling audition and there's something in you that they see because they see so many talented people over the years. Like, I don't know how they don't just get like bored. You know, like there's so much talent and they go, okay, we're going to wait, wait. Okay. That one, that's the one we want. Yeah. Like, like I just feel like that's a big stinking deal. That's a really big deal to even just make it to the end. Yeah. I think you don't realize at the time. I think it's when you look back, you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you can't get a big head because then you get into the show and there's all these other amazingly talented people <laughs> that also got there to the end, but yeah, to be in that size cast of knowing how many dancers want that job and and probably did pretty great at the audition. And still, there's something that's unique about these dancers that it's not just your dance skills. It's, you know. No, it's like an energy, I think, that you have. Yeah. Emit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they know what they're looking for. So you had a month to go home and pack up and get ready to go to Paris. Yeah. <laughs> did, did they did they help you figure out apartments or roommates or you just figure it out when you get there is there much 
help of like, here's, here's where you might want to live or stay, make, you know, like maybe here's a roommate that needs somebody or you just figure it out. Um, so they provided accommodation for the first six months. Um, nice. Not provide, you still, you know, paid the rent for it, but they offered it to you. Um, so I was staying with another girl who I started with called Melissa back in Australia now. So we shared this bedroom for like six months, which is such an experience. And then in that time, you use that time to find your own place. Wow. And so you came into the show was already happening, right? Or did you come into it? Because what, what was the name of that was um, still formidable. That was Fury then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it was already up and running. I think there were eight of us that started. So it's quite a big intake. We did the four weeks of can can rehearsals and everything. That's a very specific, right? Because I've heard that that doesn't hasn't changed over the years. It's very specific, and you've done the Lido and the Mulan. Like the kicks are even different. Like the Mulan kicks with the the way they move, they the move the head. I was like, oh, these are really different. But I learned more about like this is stays in there. It doesn't matter if the show is updated or whatever. You keep that can can, and so that there's like really long intense rehearsals, probably to get you guys in shape. But also, how specific were they in the Mulan that, that this is how like to clean like some numbers take more cleaning or more like this has to be this way yeah I think that the reason it's four weeks is mostly for the can-can to learn the technique and to build the stamina and the strength and because you're doing a lot of things on your arms as well which as dancers we don't really do that much yeah <laughs> um so you're learning like yeah the kick technique the cartwheels <laughs> in my case you're trying to learn to do a cartwheel <laughs> <laughs> the cabrioles and it's all very specific and then using the skirts which are really heavy yeah so and then there's all the different parts of the dance which you learn and how to put them together and yeah take were time. you just exhausted because I know you've been dancing a lot before that but the stamina that you need to get through these grueling so you're doing the can-can and you're also learning the other pieces so your body's getting a little bit of a variation but how did you how did you get through because I talked to Ellie Wickett we talked about just that can-can of like how she hurt her hip and I've heard other people say that that can-can kind of ended their career um and so to be wise with your body and have to work that hard how did how did you I mean this one like rehearsal I've done somewhere you can hardly walk the next day but then you have to go back and do it again yeah it's, a, it's definitely a, a killer like it's ingrained in my memory <laughs> um, yeah I remember <laughs> Like it was just like bending to go to the toilet. You'd be like, ah, ah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was just the pain was like, like nothing you've ever felt before. And yeah, there's like no respite because you're doing yeah. six days a week. And yeah, it's quite special and intense. But I mean, by the end of it, you're ready, but it's not good for injuries. And especially when a lot of the girls go when they're young, like I was 19 and you don't, want to say that something hurts or that something doesn't feel right or so you push yourself when really we shouldn't be pushing ourselves probably to that extent I feel yeah. like now yeah yeah we just do yeah. it you just do it and that's that's a thing I hope is changing even just watching the Olympics where when gymnasts actually say no and then they get ridiculed for it like well no this is a dangerous thing if you push beyond it ends your career but also you could end up not walking like I'm thinking like slamming into the splits and the can-can is not just like you know a broken arm this is like yeah. your livelihood your ability to live without pain and we've been conditioned to push through so I'm I'm hearing there's a little change in that recently like that we have to take care of our dancers do they have a physiotherapist on on site for you guys at the Mulan because I heard of the Lido not on site but they have access and encourage you've got an injury to get somebody to really help you with that instead of just push through and cry. Uh, they didn't when I first started, but when I went back to do replacement in like 2014, they have osteopaths that go in oh. twice a week. Oh, that's so good. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So you, how long did you do the show? Uh, so I did it for two years, two years. And then was it just time to be done or was there other things that were like, cause also when you're in Paris now that, you know, you're there and there's all these other things right around you. You don't have to work so hard to find what's out there. And you hear the reputation of the different theaters. 
Um, what was it that helped you end that career, not that career, that contract to see what else was out there? I think I was 21, so still very young. And I've seen that there are quite a lot of dancers who just stay there their whole career. And I didn't want to be one of those dancers. I wanted to experience other things. So I just, I don't know, made the decision like, oh, I'm going to see what else is out there. I didn't even stay in Paris. I left Paris and went back to England for a bit. And I worked in Spain and in Germany. Doing shows? Yeah. Oh, see this, I'm so happy. There's because I there's all these things I didn't know were still going on. Were they small cabaret shows or production shows or musical? Uh-huh. Day? What were you doing? Yes, yeah, so in Germany it's um, like the dinner shows. They're still happening now, like palazzos in the major cities in Germany. Um, yeah, so just dancing. It's quite sh- often quite showgirly still, which is nice. And then in Spain, I worked at the Benidorm Palace, which is a massive show. It's like a big yeah. Show. It's not so much a cabaret, but kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With the there's a big flamenco section in it as well, so they have Spanish dancers and international dancers. I interviewed somebody else who did that show. This sounds beautiful. Then you get yeah. to travel too. You get to like have a little different life in each place. Yeah, I loved life in Spain. That was great. <laughs> Were they limited contract or ongoing? Where they replace people, or everybody comes in and exits at the same time when you come into those shows? Uh, so in Germany, it's generally for the winter. So you just sign for that six months or three months or however long it is. And then in Spain, yeah, everyone either joins the beginning of the show because they change the show every year there. So I think like April. And then they have a cast change in October for those either they're not so keen on keeping or those who don't want to stay. So they have yeah, two intakes. Wow. And where was the other one? So it was Germany, Spain and... Uh, that's it I think yeah that was it okay did you have any work in England like going back to your home country is like sometimes like what do I do here not so much when I was in England I did more modeling and hair shows and one-off events but not I wasn't getting such an influx of work (laughs) yeah Yeah. how did you like those because if you do two years solid then you have like six six months eight months and you get to live fully somewhere and then just be done was did you like that change up where you're like, okay, now there's on to something else. I'm not doing this forever. Yeah, it was nice to experience different kind of culture, different meet different people and form friendships with them and do a show, but for like a certain amount of time. I think there's something different in knowing that something's going to end. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. It a bit more, whereas sometimes if you're doing a show for many years, you can, you can kind of take it for granted, which I think a lot of us did before this pandemic <laughs> yeah. yeah oh my gosh that it can go away and also did you have time to get out and see Spain and and Germany? because sometimes I've heard people they're working so hard they're so exhausted that they or even doing the Mulan like maybe you didn't get to see Paris as much because you're so tired from the show that you don't get to really experience the people and the culture and the beauty that 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 country has did yeah. in those places did you get to get out and actually like explore and experience uh, definitely yeah in Spain definitely because I was there for a longer period of time um so I went to nearby towns and villages and cities and obviously spent a lot of time on the beach <laughs> yes oh my gosh drinking cocktails you know oh the life <laughs> yeah it's great um but yeah you're right at the Mulan you do find yourself very very tired so there's a lot of resting involved yeah and you get is it do they have a dark night or do they swing people out so it's open seven nights a week yeah they swing people so it's open seven days a week 365 wow. days a year <laughs> wow yeah and then to go to a pandemic where there's nothing yeah. oh my gosh so what happened after those shows did you want to go back to the bigger shows or was it just this is what's available right now like how did you end up at your next place uh, so then I, I might have been back in England, I think. And then I decided to get in touch with the Lido again because I, I auditioned for them in the first place, but never worked for them. And um, auditioned and they they liked me still, which is good. <laughs> but they didn't have anything again. But then I think they offered me something three or four months later. So then I went to move back to Paris in 2013 to do Bonner. Wow. And that show, was that kind of toward the end of its run, right? When you came in? Yes. Yeah, How was that? 
So you were you part of Perry Merve at the beginning of it? No, I didn't get the, I didn't pass the audition for the new show. They didn't keep me. So I didn't do the creation. I came back later down the line, like a couple of months after they opened, I. Really? So what was that like? You're coming into the end of one. I don't know what the energy is like at the end of a show. Sometimes when it's kind of winding down, there's excitement for what's new or there's a sadness that we only have this much time for the show together. Like, yeah, well, when like? I first joined, they, were, they didn't know it was ending. So, oh really yeah it, it was good there's so many dancers I remember yeah the energy was different to me it was there were a lot of older girls and I remember feeling like whoa <laughs> 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 I, mean, <dead. laughs> I mean I was still 25 it's not like I was a baby but I was like whoa yeah um, yeah it was a great show to do really and a good cast um and there's a lot more French girls as well I noticed compared to Moulin Rouge who has more English and Australian girls oh interesting yeah wow. um but then they announced the new show and that's when yeah the energy started you could feel it like switch like <gasps> like fear and terror yeah women who'd been there for years and years like kind of worrying that they were going to be forced out of a job or to change their career or because with the contracts there, like I was talking to Steve Edge, like you basically you can work however long you want until there's a contract change. And that's kind of how it makes it where you're not secure anymore. Like if you, if Bonaire, I'm not sure there's something with the French contract I heard that you, well, it's not like when we did it, like you're six months a year, you re-audition and then you stay in there, but it's a little bit different how the French do the Yeah, there's two different the work. There's um, a CDD, which is like a fixed length. So it's like six months or one year. And then you have the CDI, which is the permanent contract. And then you kind of have that as long as you want it, as long as you're there, I, I guess. I don't really wow. know the laws or the rules about it, but yeah, something like Steve said. <laughs> so then when that's done, then you have to audition and make it. Because I've heard there was a change of how they wanted the show to look and people that were still amazing dancers didn't get in. I'm like, the heartbreak of that story, it just kills me. Because <laughs> then like, there's sometimes when they re-audition, some people just got tired and they weren't looking good in the show anymore or whatever reasons they don't keep people. But when it's like, it's a total change and you are wonderful enough to be in this show, but now it's different what they want. And friends, some friends are going on to new show and some aren't. I just think for friendships, that's gotta be hard. You know, you want to celebrate your friend getting in, but the, the sadness of not getting it. I don't know. Like, just think that that's heartbreaking to me when I hear that story of just like, you've got yeah. this life and it's coming to an end. And now, oh, this is not how I thought this was going to go down. Yeah, it was a really difficult time. Like, you could feel that everyone was a bit on edge and feeling the tension. Um yeah you're absolutely right like because I didn't get the show and I was very upset because I'd only done a year and I was like still young and I was like I wanted to do it but was I the audition it. different like would you remember your audition for Bonaire and the one for Perry Merve, Perry Merve how different they were or what they were looking for or was yeah. it they just had in mind what they wanted it didn't matter really how your audition went as far as like how good you were um I think a mixture of everything um it was a much different audition. Like, well, Bonner, it was very showgirl. And for Perry Mavay, they had a new choreographer, so it was much more contemporary. And he had never worked with showgirls before. So I think the way he moved was so different to the, what we were used to. And then the fact that we auditioned as a cast was like, I don't know, much harder than if you go to like an open audition. And yeah. You don't really know. I feel like you can let go oh. of it. Whereas when you're surrounded, like the energy in the room was like so tense. Yeah, it makes you like second guess yourself and worry about how you're being perceived by like the people in your cast. Okay. Yeah, that's extremely intimate and vulnerable. Yeah. And like when you're so saying that when they tap you on the shoulder and you leave, I don't know how they separated you, but like I've gone to auditions where I got it and my friends didn't. And then you don't get to be so happy because you don't want to celebrate in front of them. And yeah. I've been also where my friend got it and I didn't, and I'm happy for them, but I want to go cry by myself somewhere. So then you have to commiserate with other people. It's just, it's a hard thing for friendships and it's a hard thing for just the dancer ego. Cause you know, you're good. You're good enough to be in all those other shows. So it's not like, like you're not good enough. So it is, it's a really weird place to question why what 
Yeah, I think they wanted a certain number of new people coming in and they needed to keep a certain number of the permanent contracts. And I think there were a lot of different things that kind of came into play as to why some people were kept and why some people weren't kept. And... Mm, how was the closing of this? Yeah, it is, it's hard because you're like ending a show, which is sad. Some people are excited they're moving on. Some people. So were you looking for work right away when you knew you didn't get it? Um, yeah, I got in touch with Moulin Rouge straight away because I knew I wanted to stay in Paris. Um, and I was like, do you need a replacement? <laughs> yeah, can you tell about that? Because And then I want to hear about getting into the show. I don't know where that works in your timeline of going back to the Moulin as, as a re- replacement. Yeah. And then you got hired so I want to fill in that gap that I kind of cut you off on about premier how you end up getting in on the second audition like what changed I don't really know (laughs) (laughs) so I decided to approach Moulin Rouge to be a replacement and they were like yeah we'd be happy to have you back so that involves covering people when they're injured or sick and the way it works there is that they call you on the day so they're like can you work tonight someone's sick so literally it can be like two hours before the show. So you're like, uh, yeah, okay. Wow. <laughs> um, at the same time, I'd seen an advertisement for an audition for the Cirque d'Hiver. So I started back at Moulin in January, I want to say. And I did the Cirque d'Hiver audition in January, February. And I got offered that for the end of the year. And then at the time when I didn't get the new show, Jane was like, if you're staying in Paris, stay in touch, keep in touch with us, we might need you. And then she called me and she was like, in Paris, like we need replacement, like are you around? I was like, yes I am. (laughs) (laughs) They were all just kind of slotted into place. So you you didn't go into the show fully as, as a cast member, you came in as a replacement? Yeah. How did you, how did they train you for that? Because if you, I'm picturing like if you knew the Mulan show already, even though you had to learn different tracks, you knew the show. But for Perry Merve, you had no, you had to learn all these parts by yourself without being in the show. Uh, Yeah, well, when I first joined, they taught me one place. So someone else would swing and I would do that one place. But then gradually within like two months, they decided that it was easier to teach me all of the places. So by that point, I was already doing the show so I could see more what was going right. on. I was working for wow. different rehearsals for different spots. And then- was it the different um, lines too? Or was it like just the bluebells or just the, the um, I forgot what the names are now. They're different than what we used to call. Bluebells are covered. Yeah. Sublime, sublimes are sublimes semi-featured. Are the five, or- yeah, the five soloists I guess and then you've got the bells who are the nude line did you swing all the lines or just no just the blue bells just the blue bells okay 12 spots so you're and they all do they all do the same numbers like because I know there's num- there's things where everybody's in it is there some of the the numbers where only the blue bells are in or only the sublimes or are they always always some of them in I mean, I saw the show a couple of years ago. Is there for the reunion show? I don't know if you were in the show of us as loud ladies out there. <laughs> I was in it, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's sometimes it's all the cast and sometimes there's numbers where it's just the bluebells or just the bells or just the... Okay. Wow. So then you are now a replacement for both of those. Yeah. And so is it just whoever was available? Did you... It could be like within one week, you could be back and forth between the two theaters, switching it up. Yes. I was just like, I'm still in awe that a brain can do that because to switch it up within one show, like I'm still fascinated for how swings do that, just swing different lines and, and that, or, or even just their own line, but to do two totally different shows in two totally different theaters yeah. um, is really I, amazing. I loved it. I like the challenge. Keeps me on my toes. <laughs> so um, people who don't know this, there is a swing book, but I mean, do you just need that for a while or do you like every time you go in, you got to review that and make sure you know exactly where you're going? Is it kind of mapped? I think like football plays, like does it map it out like your patterns and then, or is it like go over choreography specific or you just need to know where you go on the stage? You've got the choreography. Yeah, you need to know the choreography yourself, but then the swing book is more about, yeah, where you do the choreography, like which tracks you move to and like the patterns on the stage. Are they reversed sometimes like stage left, stage right? 
we have to reverse things too. Yes. I'm, I'm that person. <laughs> That's so good. That's going to make you smart all the way into your hundreds. Like you're going to, it's going to keep your brain. That's just such a great thing for memory and having to figure things out and problem solve. It's just, I think it's so good for dancers if they get that opportunity or if they're actually qualified to do that, to keep your body healthy and your brain healthy. Cause I know you can do a show and just check out sometimes, yes. but to keep that constantly where your brain is having to like problem solve and yeah. Wow. Uh, to me, for me doing the same track, it becomes almost not boring, obviously, but like there's no challenge. There's no, yeah. So I like to do that. And then the hardest part is when the girls change. So the names of the spots change and you're like, hang on, but isn't that Ellie? No, that's someone else. That's so-and-so now. And you're like, oh, that's yeah. <laughs> wow. Is there one theater that needs replacements more or is it pretty even between the two? Um, yeah, I think it's pretty even. It's just works in, it was working in different way in that the leader was able to tell me in advance when they needed me. So I would kind of be booked the month before when they needed me, which meant I ended up working more at Lido than Mulan because obviously I said yes to whoever asked me first. Wow. And well, and you had a third show that you were doing this with, right? And that was a Cirque. Was... So I was then full, full time at Cirque d'Hiver, which was. Oh, you were full time in that one. You weren't yeah, replacement. They were, um, they, the shows were in the daytime generally. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So I would be at the circus in the day and then uh, generally at the leader in the evening or sometimes Moulin Rouge. Not so every, in a, I wasn't crazy. I, I right. Was, like in a week, how many times would you go into one of the evening shows? While I was doing the circus. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, like when you were doing the circus and doing Lido and Moulin Rouge, like an average, was it like three, a couple? Three or four. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That feels like a good balance. And it's good. Wow. Good balance of brain and body, but also some rest. Were you just wiped out on your day off though? Were you so tired or you just got so used to it? Yeah, yeah, no, sometimes it would get a lot, especially with the circus at Christmas. We ended up doing like three shows a day at the circus. Oh my gosh. Need a rest. But it was fun. <laughs> yeah, well, then I think because both those, I've heard a lot of people say there's, you know, friendships between the two cast of the Lido and the Mulan and um, Nuva Lab. I think, I don't know how much they have in contact, but like you're part of this whole big cabaret family then. Yeah. Because you, you've got both casts to, be there enough but maybe not so much mix it up a little bit yeah, nice to just drop in and so not be involved in like the dramas just be like oh hi yeah <laughs> bye-bye hello to everyone and then see you next week or see you in a couple of days is this a contract like a certain amount or just you can do this however long you want to do it and then how long they want you yeah it's not like right. m a year long you're going to be a replacement just this is your yeah just this is as long as you want to do it and as long as we want you to do it it's like that is there benefits of this like I know it's different like union in America like if you're in a union but is there any benefit that you don't have that that you would have if you were in it full-time or do you get the same perks as far as like medical if you have an injury they take care of you well too um so I don't get the benefit of a mutual which is like health insurance um so I have to get my own which is it's provided for by either the leader or the moon on which you've been there for a certain amount of time okay wow yeah I think it's like mixed sorry, when, oh, sorry. They, when they do events and things they tend to choose more the the fixed cast so I would kind of miss out on doing the cool stuff but. yeah yeah well, maybe that will even open so when you're switching back and forth between those can cans do you have to do any mental check to make sure you're doing it a very specific Mulan way in the Lido? Cause I know, I don't know how different it is in your body when you do it, but does it feel different when you're, you know, I love both those can cans. I love both of them, but I'm just wondering like switching it back and forth or is it just so in your body that it doesn't. I think it's just very so, like ingrained that when you hear that music, you're doing that can can. And when you hear that music, you're doing the other can can. How, because what do you the yeah they're very different in those costumes too what is the difference when you besides I think I've heard a few things I know the kick is something with a, you move your head there's a head tilt but isn't there a couple other things that are very specific of how they kick 
and a couple other things that are this is the Mulan signature of the way they do it. And yeah, Lido has one. rouge kick is with a flexed foot, and yet you move your head away from the kick because the idea is that you're going to kick yourself in the face, so you have to move your face out of the way. <laughs> I can't say I've ever kicked that high myself, but <laughs> some people do. <laughs> Um, and it's very like on a bent leg and it's like really strong and like quick. Whereas the Lido one is very softer somehow. I mean, there's still energy and force in there, but it's with a definitely with a pointed toe and trying to think whether there's a head or not. I know I'm looking at the pictures like, and I think of them all facing forward, but I just, I, when I watched the Mulan, I'm like, oh, that's different. Cause I'd seen lots of can-cans and I think all the can-cans of shows I was in were influenced by whatever, but I don't know if how much of the Mulan trickled into some of the shows that, you know, other smaller cabarets did because that kind of was the first and the standard. Yeah. Um, there's a thing with the feet that come together where they balance with their, is that a Mulan thing specific? Or their leg, they like their legs are up and they're holding hands and they arch back, which I tried to teach that with some dancers and everybody's falling over. I'm like, no, there's an art to this. I don't know of how not to fall over. Uh, so when it's just two people, it's a cathedral. And when there's four people, it's a flower. Okay. And is that just a Mulan thing or is that? Um, well, we don't do it at the Lido. I don't know if they created it. I'm not sure. And I'm just wondering if there's like this can only be done here and there's other things of how the can can has changed and evolved and yeah no, I think I've seen it in other places but I mean maybe it originated at the Mulan I don't know, I don't know if you know this because the Mulan always has a can can always has one I don't know if the Lido always has a can can if that's yeah. like because I think people you go to Paris you expect a can can so you know I'm going to go to the Mulan for that but you could go to a show the Lido and it wasn't like in Monaire was there a can can no, yeah, there wasn't one for Bonner. Okay, so it's not just a given that that's going to be in there. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you're now doing a cabaret. I would love if you would share like a little bit what COVID was like of what you did in that. Like, you shared a little bit. You were a yoga certified teacher, but like when everybody's waiting around, like maybe this is going to be a month that we wait. And then it turned into what are we on like 18 months now? Yeah. What did you do with yourself if you're living in Paris and this is your livelihood and your community? Yeah. So um, when it kind of became clear that it wasn't going in a good direction, the leader was closed, things were getting quite scary. I decided to go home, to go back to England, to stay with my mom and dad rather than staying in Paris in my tiny studio where, yeah. So I'd be with family at least. So I went back to England and um, I took some yoga classes. I brought them online. So built up this little community which is lovely I started off doing classes on Instagram and oh. then after time decided to change them to Zoom so it was kind of more private and there was more of a kind of response from them rather than being yeah. at the screen <laughs> right um yeah and well, to begin with at home I found I was like trying to keep as active as possible trying to stay fit stay in shape ready to go back to work and then the longer it went on, the clearer it became that we didn't really know when we we're going to be going back to work. Yeah. The motivation kind of waned a little bit. It kind of went, yeah, peaked, troughed, and it wasn't always so easy. Yeah. Did you think your dance career might be done? Yeah, definitely. There are moments where I was like, is it ever going to come back? Like, I'm, 30, well, I'm 33 now. I was 32 at the time. I was like, I'm not like a young dancer anymore is this it? Is it just ended without me realizing? Yeah. There's no goodbye. There's no choice. Yeah, that's no the part that's, oh. Yeah. That was to me. I was like, I didn't get to have my last night. I've worked yeah. years and I didn't get to have my last show like everyone else gets. So I was a bit, yeah, I had moments where I was doubting and upset, but you just have to keep going and hoping. Yeah. 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 But so the the like, should I, change my career is now the time like or how long do I keep waiting for yeah did the yoga sustain you did you because I know when I was doing a ton of zoom things the first few months then I just kind of lot I'm I, did, I just stopped doing it. I didn't know why it was just maybe it was novel at first and then there was a few things I would choose to do that made me feel part of community but I know of a teacher a lot of, I thought oh, maybe my teachers won't come back to the studio they're probably making more money right now teaching online and then that wasn't fun for them so much because they wanted to be like 
interact with people like no this wasn't meant to be your whole life is still stay in your house and teach on a screen but it was wonderful that it was there because I think for a lot of people like you're saying that with the need for mental health and moving your body but just breathing you know because the whole world is like on high alert and or numb or all the things we were experiencing like hopeless I think it was there's things the physical felt super important and I heard people saying like even just going for walks like I've got to move my body I can just sit in my dark apartment and wait for the end, you know? So there's like what motivated people to like, okay. And for you, cause as an instructor, you've got to, you know, bring some hope and light and yoga. I mean, you could do like depressing yoga, I suppose, but there's gotta be something in you that keeps you going. Was there anything that you went to for you to kind of find a way to hold on and hope? Um, yeah, definitely. In the beginning, it kind of motivated me kind of keep moving keep going and knowing that I was helping other people through the the difficult time because everyone was struggling and it was nice to have like feedback from them like saying thank you so that kind of fed me to then keep feeding like two-way kind of thing yeah to keep going really yeah but obviously there were times like for everyone where it was like do I want to keep doing this <laughs> or do not do I not I kept going and I also saw with them like they would like there'd be a lot of interest a lot of people coming and then they'd like disappear a bit I think they had yeah. in front of screens and they were like oh, can't do any more online classes <laughs> and then they'd get to the point where they're like actually no I'm ready to come back so yeah wow because I don't know if you felt this I know like I have a studio so I felt responsible for all the teachers I felt want to keep this going for the dancers, but I was like, I'm so worn out. And I feel like, where do I go for my own? So I had to, I had to draw on some friendships because if you were kind of held that place, like I'm going to help you guys survive this. And then you're like, that's a lot to hold. Did you have anything that you did for your own just well-being? Cause I, I noticed even on your um, Facebook feed, like some of your, the wording, it sounds like very motivational and like, cause yoga can be very physical, especially dancers can take it like as a workout, not necessarily as a connection to their healing and their emotional well-being but also you can give and give and give and then be depleted and struggling on your own um yeah so I well I did yoga classes with other teachers oh good filling my cup that's the word yep (laughs) um and I love to go out to nature like nature's my yeah I'm feeling good I'm feeling anxious and what am I gonna do and then I go out for a walk and you know you see the ducks and we see the water that we have a canal nearby and the trees and it was so one of, one of the beautiful things about the pandemic was seeing spring like come oh my gosh within a city yeah. see it so much and like where my parents live we're surrounded by a lot of countryside so it was magical to see like each day you went out to see the leaves come out and the, the ducklings grow to ducks like you have to find kind of pleasure in the small things yeah that's so that's I feel like with spring it's like life is coming back even though it feels like this is never going to end or change but I'm so the spring like the leaves and I think I noticed like is it always as green like have I not noticed how green spring is especially away from the city oh and that's like to get out of the city probably was so good for your well-being too is just have some fresh air and I think we're saying before we interviewed I've talked to people like Paris is amazing but if you are quarantined and you can't leave your apartment it's just an apartment it's not really Paris it's like you're anywhere you could be anywhere paying a lot of rent to not do anything yeah so how did this cabaret that you're doing now because I'm I'm really excited about that I'm just so happy to know it's coming and that there's other ways to do cabarets not necessarily the big floor shows that there's options that are, I think you were saying too, like the difference of why you're able to do it earlier than the other shows is how, I don't know if it's licensing or whatever, if it's considered a dinner or if it's considered. It's because it's a bar rather than a bar. I'm not sure exactly, but it's something to do with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I saw that an ex-dancer from the Lido was creating his own cabaret. Like it was always his plan. That's why he left to create his own show. And I saw that he was auditioning and I was like, well, you know, time's passing. I still want to dance. Maybe this is a way that I can do that. My contract had finished at the Lido during the pandemic. So I wasn't sure if it would be renewed. 
I didn't really have any feedback on that because they didn't even know when they were going to be reopening. Yeah. So I got in touch with him and he was like, yeah, come and do the audition. So I did and got the job and we we're this little group of three dancers. Um, and we started or, you know, rehearsing in the October 2020, hoping to open at the end of October. But then we had our second lockdown, so that didn't happen. Yeah. And you're, are you back in Paris at this point or you're still in the UK? Uh, so I came back to Paris, I think it was July to, yeah, July to September, October in Bordeaux rehearsing. And then when it was locked down too, I was like, right, I'm going back. So I went back to England and with Christmas coming up and everything, I was like, I want to be at home. So yeah, right decision. Um, and then I came back in January to Paris. We had a couple more rehearsals and then we got the good news that we could open the 9th of June so we were so excited by this point and wow. we did a rehearsal before with the costumes doing some videos and then we opened so we're well, and this is a brand new show right this is this wasn't something that had been going this is a brand new show that you get to be part of the creation yeah it's a brand new venue uh, just outside of Bordeaux it's really cute it's like modern classy like intimate it's all these things in like <gasps> one I don't know how he's done it but it's Wow, because that's what I was telling them. That's what I'm trying to find in Seattle. And it's really hard to find that keeps that because you don't want to walk into something that's, you know, like an average like high school theater because the, the imagination when you walk in, it already sets the tone like the space is so important for the the, the image that it sets up. How, how far is Bordeaux from Paris? Uh, so it's two hours on the train. So it's pretty quick. So you're living in Paris, but you're going out to Bordeaux for the shows. Is it like just the weekends or is it yeah, so every day? Friday, Saturday. So I go and I stay there two nights and then I come back to Paris. Oh, that's such a fun, what a fun way to do that. Especially now when things are so uncertain, like you can have a little bit of both. You got some wiggle room to play. Yeah. So do you have a place that you stay or do you guys all stay together when you're there for the show? So you're not going back and forth or... Uh, to start with, I was staying in an Airbnb, but now I'm more friends with the, the barman and there's a singer who live nearby. So I kind of stay with them now, which is nice. <laughs> oh my gosh. So how did that feel to finally be back on the stage? Um, to be honest, like the first couple of shows, it felt really weird and surreal. And I was like, oh, this is different. Like, I don't know this is what I want to do anymore. Like I, have, I was like yeah. questioning myself. I was like, after all this time, like, what, what are you doing? And then I think it was just like the shock of everything. And then finally being back on stage, I'm enjoying it, loving it again. Now. It came back. Well, yeah. that's, that's what I was asking, like with, because the audience is wearing masks. Yeah. Okay. And then that, because I know that France is going to start cracking down if they haven't already, that you have to be vaccinated. They just were like the safety and it's weird because of what we've dealt with. Like, can I go here to take my mask off? Is this safe? And so to just be like on stage, like, to, like nothing's happened. It's got to be a bit of an adjustment because even like here you can take the mask off. And, like, do I, did I not? Like, it's just weird. We don't, we are second guessing, like, cause we've yeah. been through the weirdest year and a half or more. And like, so just to be like cabaret's back and just act like nothing happened it feels like that would, it would be disingenuous. There's gotta be some interesting adaptation to be back on stage next to people in close proximity with humans when we've lived so like separate lately. Yeah. I think that's what it was. I was just, it was just all a bit overwhelming and yeah, I wasn't really sure where I was at. And yeah, as you said, you get used to wearing masks and then you're not wearing a mask and and you're like carrying on as if nothing's happened. And you're like, well, we've just been through the craziest year of life. Yes. And now we're just like <laughs> smiling and dancing around the stage. Like, yeah. And you're like, oh, actually, no, this is great. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting, like how it, then it kind of, you, your, your body remembers, but I, I can't imagine not having that. This is weird transition. Yeah. Like, that it, I, it just it surprised me when I had it. I was, I just fully thought I was going to be like, back to it and like finally because you've been waiting for it for so long and you but no I was like oh what is this why do I feel like this but looking back it makes a lot of sense why I felt like that yeah because you get up in the rush of it like rehearsing and then you're in stage you don't have really time to, to process like 
what yeah. what we've been through and I think a lot of people haven't processed what this last season has brought to them you know depression and anxiety and new things and great things and missing humans and like even touch like that's the thing of those shows you're, you're I don't know if you do partner things but the Lido like there's the you're touching dancers all the time on stage and you're back in this small dressing room so it's that weird thing of not even having connect, human connection to just be like that's a lot of peopling that's a, that's a lot of people close by yeah when you're used to just being with like small numbers of people like family or one friend or and then yeah big how big is the is it like a bar setting where people are in chairs and tables watching you or is it set up like a theater facing forward it's a bar so there's a bar on one side and then there's tables and chairs so there's like more relaxed lounge ones and then there's the higher stools are people like watching you or are they just drinking and paying, paying are they there to see the show and really watching because some of those environments you could be kicking and working your tail off and they're like talking about something else and making noise and like so sometimes it can be underappreciated no so far we've had very attentive audiences they they love it they must be so happy to have entertainment because I just I went and saw something in Vegas I went down I did a showgirl road trip from people I've done on uh, interviewed on the podcast and got to go to the showgirl museum in Las Vegas and the archives of Miss Bluebell and Don Arden. It was, it was just this wonderful trip, but then to go to a show and be in line with people in a crowded casino, I was like, Oh, this is, this is so weird. But then I got emotional because I realized how live theater is important. And there was showgirl stuff. It was like a um, impersonation. So they had like an Elvis, but he actually was singing. He wasn't just lip syncing. I wanted to cry the whole way through because I was so happy. I mean, it is the beauty, the sparkle, the being entertained to forget what, you know, we've been going through. And it's just like, oh, this is really important. And so to be on both sides of that of watching a show for the first time and being on and watching the audience appreciate it as opposed to like, oh, we can go do this any day of the week. Now we like, this could have gone away. Yeah. Yeah. You can feel that people are really happy to be out and experiencing theater and dance and music and dress up like you see like they come out and they're wearing these nice dresses and like shirts and, and you're like oh yes they're putting some effort into it again yeah so what is the structure of the show so there's it's you said it's a small cast but what does it consist of like dancers singers acts all that yeah so we've got the three dancers and then there's a singer female singer and male diablo act like juggling kind of thing um, so we alternate tableau. So we have like a dancer tableau, then the singer, dancer, singer, dancer, act, that kind of thing for one half yeah. and then the, for the second half. And so you're not running the whole time. You get to rest a little bit. Are you doing a fast change pretty much ready to go back out there? Yeah. Generally while the singer's singing, we're changing into the next outfit. So it's pretty wow. go, go, go. <laughs> Cause I'm planning a trip. I was telling you earlier to, uh, to Paris in November, but then I thought I didn't know about the Crystal Palace. So if their show is up, I need to go to Strasbourg. Now I want to go to Bordeaux because I want to see all the cabaret styles that, like, I had never even heard of Nouvelle until I started doing the podcast. I'd never heard of the Cirque. So now I'm like, I need to like, and now I want to go to Germany and, and Spain when those open, just because it makes me so happy that they're still in existence. Because my era, they're all all gone. Like cruise ships or some shows, that's kind of but in the 80s like you could work like I want to work in Bermuda I want to work in Puerto Rico I'm gonna work in, and there was just so many places you could pick throw a dart anywhere on the globe and like there was a show there so you could kind of pick it of what kind of show you want to do if you wanted to be tropical if you wanted to be in the city there was just so much so to watch that all that go away and I assumed everything was gone except for the Lido and the Mulan and then to find out oh no there's still a lot more than I knew so it's encouraging and you know I don't think it's going to be like the 80s maybe there was overkill there might have been too much but maybe like those ones at the highest standard or you know to have a cabaret with three people to get to have that intimacy of a small show too is wonderful yeah I love it yeah it's so how different oh sorry go ahead how <laughs> different was that how was that because you've been in like these huge shows and then you're with three people how was how does that feel for you to get to mix that up because you've already mixed it up between the two big cabarets yeah so it was very different like I'm because I'm the tallest one out of the three so I like just about fit on the height of the stage with my arms <laughs> I bash the lights <laughs> and yeah and realizing that I have to do like small steps otherwise I'm gonna 
fill the stage in like two steps <laughs> yeah so adjusting the size of my dancing <laughs> a little yeah. bit to do um but at the same time it's nice because like the leader or the moon on you're like a small part of a whole kind of machine I mean beautiful elegant yeah. gorgeous machine um but here like as there's only three you're like very very visible and very seen all the time which is quite nice to like be able to show what you can do more um rather than being like in the not the chorus but you know what I mean the line yeah because sometimes like even if I know somebody in a show I have a hard time finding them on stage because yeah. when you put you know you take the hair away and then the makeup it's like wait is that someone so yeah so I think when you when you get to be that close up and have your own personality and and really be seen yeah and then you have the audience who are much closer and yeah there's a more intimate feel within the theater within the cabaret I think are you guys doing like traditional I think I'm trying to remember what we recorded did it's it's different you kind of got a little bit of contemporary and a lot of the old cabaret style mixed in the show yeah so it's like a modern twist on cabaret but there's still couple of showgirl numbers in there with the feathers um there's some more sensual sexy numbers and we do actually a tango as well in heels which is quite challenging <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like a more of a comedy number where we were playing characters which is nice so there's like a broad <laughs> spectrum of numbers that's fun for a performer too that you get to mix it up keep it interesting yeah, I'm really enjoying playing around with my different roles. Like, yeah, personality. That's so fun. And then with a small cast, it feels like there's a little bit more play you can do without messing up the whole machine. Like, <laughs> if you don't, if you do something different, it's not like no, now the whole the whole picture's changed. Is there a contract end on this, or is it just as long as this show's going, we're just going to keep doing it? Uh, so his aim is that he's opened his cabaret. It's going to last. But you know, it's many years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, my contract is currently to, for a year, so till July next year. A year of work on a contract is so great too. Just like, okay, there's yeah. work, and it's not just a weekend here and there. Yeah, so it's every weekend, which is nice. And hopefully, as things improve, his aim is to do more events and privatizing the venue for like work parties and things like that. Um. But I think he wants to change the show every year so that it's because it's going to be a lot of we already have a lot of repeat customers who are like love the show so much they're coming back. Yeah, um, I think he's going to need to change it quite regularly to keep the interest. Of yeah, because then people get excited about the new show. Because if you got regulars, that's huge. Are they just people in that area, or do you get tourists that are in Bordeaux <laughs> that like there's a show? Let's check it out. Yeah, no, at the moment it's more the locals because we're a bit outside of Bordeaux, so it's kind of more in the town. Um, but I know his aim with time is to promote it more in the city centre and get the tourists and hotels to come out more as well. Oh, that's, so, that's, enc that's encouraging. So we're um, at the end of our time. Oh, is, there, oh. is there anything that surprised you? I mean, I think I did, you did say that, like how it wasn't just an automatic when you got on the stage of getting back on that stage of what it felt like to, to know you're still a dancer. Cause it's like, if you could be a dancer without a stage, you're still a dancer, but it's different to like, you know, actually not just do it in your living room. Yeah, definitely different. Um, no, I still like before the curtains open, I got very emotional. Like I was like, Oh, oh my God, I can't believe I'm actually, here and I'm actually doing this and like felt so lucky because there's so many dancers that still aren't doing it and I was like I'm very lucky and privileged so I had like a bit of an overwhelm of whoop and then the yeah. I was like okay it's okay I could do it <laughs> and also that mm. feeling of having nerves again like because once you work at the leader every day they kind of go away yeah that feeling of oh this is scary or this is new like that feeling you get like in your chest and you're like oh um so it's like oh this is kind of weird but nice um yeah and then as you said that yeah unexpected like mm, this feels different than I expected it to feel yeah. yeah 
I'm because I get emotional, like talking to everybody I'm talking to, like things that are gone and they talk about it and they have the memories come up and then, and then talking to the current cast, I get emotional because I'm just like the things that, because it can go away. Like we never, we just never thought it would, could go away. So I think it's like just hearing that it's back. I get emotional. I get emotional hearing about, you know, that curtain going up. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I think dancers all over get this if we did cabarets or not, but to know, like there's this whole global thing of dancers that have suffered Mm. artists in general, but dancers, we feel it different, you know, without a stage, you know, you can do it in your living room, but there is something of hope that feels really beautiful and a little painful I don't know if that makes sense because it feels like we still don't know like we're stepping out like I know like rehearsal is gonna start never mind we're gonna start again never mind so you kind of it's hard to let yourself fully hope that maybe you know you're gonna have many more years as a dancer because you know if you're like you said if you're 18 it's really hard because your career just got started or if you're like a whole year of my short dance career is already gone yes so I think that I love that you're actually like leaning into that like feeling all of it because it's it's a beautiful privilege to get to do it again you go back to like a couple hundred people audition and you get picked so it's never to be taken for granted that um this is easy easy job to do or get into so no and it's appreciated so much more now which is another beautiful thing (laughs) yeah thank you for taking the time to do this. Um, I just reached out, like, I'm just going to reach out and see. And I love when people say, I don't know you, but sure. Um, because I do love telling the stories of, of the young dancers that are kind of helping us look forward. So when, when this comes out, I think I've got more than I have time. Not, and I can't even make words happen right now. I sometimes I'm like, Oh, I need to get a few. And now I have like, I've got eight sitting there and I can only do one a week. So I'm like, Oh, I want all these to get out at the same time. So it'll be like a little bit before yours comes out, but any photos that you can share um, of all the different shows, because it's really fun when you see someone who's got Lido costumes and Mulan costumes, but we've not really seen the Cirque costumes or this cabaret, just because it's really fun when people see something that's familiar, like that either they wore or they've seen the show, but then like, Oh, wow, this is something something different to kind of like open our our repertoire of photos too absolutely I will thank you for well, having me. I wish you the best and I am it looks like coming to November to Paris in November but I would love to find out if you're on so if it's only a Friday and Saturday I'm not going to show up on a Tuesday in Bordeaux to see a show but we'd love to see that because I would love to experience cabaret in France in that capacity so um we'll do a toast toast to you from my chair So thank you, Kate, take care of yourself, stay safe. And just, yeah, I know you're already living into it fully. So that's, that makes me so happy. Like you're not taking any of this for granted. So (laughs) best to you. Take care. Thanks. Bye.